Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All the Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Time to stock up for the whiteout weekend. At Brewers Outlet, they have it all. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online. At sunburymotors.com. Yes. So, uh, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know what the weather is. I've been, you know, I take, I took a look at it. No, maybe about ten minutes ago. Really, for the first time, because. I don't sit there and worry about things during the course of the week until I really have to then really think about it. Uh, and it's interesting. Uh, you're getting a, a portrayal of this being a washout, and I'm looking at the hourly forecast for tomorrow for Mackey weather. After about midnight, it becomes a washout. But before then, yeah, is there a little bit of rain? Yeah, there's a little bit of rain here, maybe a little bit here. But there's also hours, plural, where it's dry, including during the game. So bring some rain gear, but uh, it's not... Yeah... At least as of now, I mean, I'll check it in the morning again. As of right now, I would not call it, quote, a washout. In fact, here, let's, I'll call it up here just to take a look at it. Now, this is as of now. Obviously, 24 hours from now, things can certainly change. But, uh, so we get to tomorrow. Um uh, some showers at 10 a.m., some showers at 11. Noon, it says no. One, it says no. Two, shower. Three, no. Four, no. Five, no. Six o'clock, says some showers. Seven, no. Eight, no. Nine o'clock, which would be around halftime, some showers. Ten, no. Eleven, no. Then the rain starts at midnight. I mean, really, like, Comes in at midnight. 
and go from there. It's going to be cool. It's going to be chilly. But, you know, now that's now. We are sitting here now approximately 30 hours from kickoff. So this can obviously change, and the path of this thing can change. Who knows? But as of now, 30 hours ahead, I know we have AccuWeather here, so we can use it. 10 a.m., some showers. 11 a.m., showers. Noon, no. 1, no. 2 o'clock, some showers. 3, no. 4, no. 5, no. 6, some showers. 7, no. Kickoff at 7.30? No. 8? No. 9 o'clock? Some showers. 10 o'clock? No. 11 o'clock? No. Midnight? Midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Oh, yeah, it's raining. <laughs> now, that's as of now. That's as of now. So, I don't know. <sighs> I mean, at least my map has 48 states. I mean, that's, you know... Not everybody I'm around has that kind of, you know. But, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, everybody's, hey, it's a washout. It's what, as of right now, I wouldn't call it a washout. Might it, might it shower? Sure. And this sucker's pretty big, too. I looked at the radar. I mean, the radar is... Like you get down to like North Carolina, oh yeah, it's raining down there. It's just going to depend if this thing gets pushed out or not. That's the big part. Uh, the closest the rain is right now, it's not even to Virginia Beach yet, so that's where it is. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see if the dry weather pushes it a little further east, or whether it's powerful enough to push its way west, and then it becomes a big problem. I don't know. But there, there you go. That's the... I don't know. I'm, I'm like the rest of you. I'm going to sit here, wait and find out. I'll take a look, look at it tomorrow before I go over. But... I don't know. That's the way it is. Uh, Deion Sanders Lamborghini got ticketed on the Colorado campus. Now, why would... Okay. How many people on that campus drive a Lamborghini? Is there... No offense. Any common sense here? Ah, I forgot. We're not exactly in an era of common sense, so I don't really... I guess I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Um, the the Ryder Cup's coming up but right now the Solheim Cup is being played this is the women, the LPGA Tour and the United States won all four matches today, they're 4-0 in the Solheim Cup it had never swept a foursome session before today and uh Lexi Thompson, who had been up and down, up and down, up and down all season. A lot of people wondered whether she should be on the team or not. Uh, actually went out and won today. 
So there you are. Uh, that's one that's under the radar, doesn't get talked a lot about. But Ryder Cup's coming up. A lot of people will talk about that. And she was she was the first one out today, so it's good. Uh, let's see. A uh, couple of other. This was an interesting interview with Brett Bear on Fox News last night. Mohammed bin Salman, who is the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. You probably never thought we would talk about a Brett Bear interview on the sports show or about Mohammed bin Salman, but Brett Bear, who was a sports fan, asked him about, quote, sports washing. And Ben Salman, who is the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, said he does not care about allegations of sports washing made against his country. He said, quote, if sports washing is going to increase my GDP, gross domestic product, by way of 1%, then I will continue doing sports washing. I don't care. Now, the public investment fund, Saudi Arabia, has increasingly been aggressive in its involvement in global sports in recent years. The big one has been Live Golf, recruiting a lot of high-profile players from the PGA Tour, from Dustin Johnson to Brooks Kepka to um, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed. Critics have argued that these type of investments are done to launder Saudi Arabia's image to the rest of the world. However, Ben Salman contends that's not the case. He said, quote, 1% growth of GDP from sport, and I'm aiming for another 1.5%, call it whatever you want, that we're going to get that 1.5%. Meanwhile, this summer, teams in soccer's Saudi Pro League, with the help of the PIF fund, spent nearly $1 billion dollars in acquiring several European-based stars, including Neymar. Christian Ronaldo joined the league in January. And by the way, the league's games are broadcast in the U.S. by Fox Sports. So they have, they've come, he's come out and he said, hey, look, we're not changing. We're not going to do that at all. You also have Washington State playing Oregon State this week. And Washington State and Oregon State leaders, and since they're playing each other this week, they've been a focal point, so people have had more of a chance to talk to everybody. They believe that they'll have more information within the next month to evaluate whether it makes sense to rebuild under the Pac-12 brand while also proceeding with a legal case to take control of the future of the conference. Kirk Schultz, who's the president at Washington State, said, I don't think it's going to take us months to get a full picture. I'm optimistic that in the next 30 days or so, we're going to have a pretty decent idea of what this is going to look like, and that will help our decision-making and our legal strategy. So the presidents and athletic directors of both schools did hold a joint news conference yesterday before Oregon State played Washington State in Pullman. 
the two schools say they're unified and moving forward after being left out of the most recent round of college realignment. Pat Chun, who's the athletic director of Washington State, said the Cougars band will perform the Oregon State fight song before the kickoff. Now, of course, that already happens in the Big Ten. The Penn State Blue Band is going to perform the Iowa fight song tomorrow night. Except for a few hours this weekend, they are partners in solving the puzzle. Oregon State Athletic Director Scott Barnes said, quote, just to be clear that the partnership has been super strong, but it's on pause come kickoff. Of course, you're competitors, you're playing. What do the two schools want? They want to control the remaining Pac-12 assets and intellectual property while preserving the brand. So they want to keep the name the Pac-12. They say that they fear the outgoing schools will try to dissolve the conference and divvy up the assets on the way out the door. The argument is going to be made by USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon especially about the money they brought into the conference from bowl games and the money that was brought into the conference by the NCAA tournament. Okay. Now, Washington and Oregon did not participate in the NCAA tournament last year. The leaders of the two schools say it's vital to get a clear picture of where the conference stands right now. They want revenues, assets, and also want to know what the liabilities happen to be. That's been a problem. In other words, each school had to give back $5 million on the Comcast deal because somebody screwed up the books. The Pac-12 networks have been a disaster financially, so that's where the liability comes in. And they want to determine whether it's going to be viable for the schools to move forward as a Pac-2 and start the process of rebuilding under that umbrella. Chun said the reality is the legal action that was just talked about really impacts our ability to make informed decisions, and we owe it to ourselves, to our student-athletes. We owe it to all of our constituents to make as informed decisions as we can, and getting this asset liability piece has always been critical in terms of making those decisions. There's no doubt about that. Chun went, excuse me, uh, Barnes then added in, the fact that we are waiting for some additional information does not mean that we have not been focused every day on what the scheduling scenario for next year might look like and are engaged in the proper conversations to make sure that we have done, that we do have all that information so when comes time we can press go. We do know based on our modeling and our conversations with the contact experts that we can put schedules together as late as the fall. We don't have to wait that long, but I would say that as it relates to scheduling, we are confident we can put together a schedule for all sports in a timely fashion that meets our needs for 24-25. I mean, and that's like, that's for every sport. Remember, as uh, I mean, they have to literally start from scratch, except for their non-conference. They literally have to start from scratch. Oregon State and Washington State are sitting there, and they have each lost eight opponents on their football schedule for next year. They still they still play each other. That's the ninth game. But they have to come up with eight games each. 
And that's why, you know, there's been these talks with the Mountain West as to what to do. And it's not just in that sport. I don't know how many times they play other schools in the Pac-12 when it comes to soccer, volleyball, things like that. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and actually look at the schedule and see. But they have to come up with all of that in a short period of time. Oh, and by the way, if they then come to some agreement with the Mountain West, they have to come up with a TV contract. As there is no Pac-12 TV contract. And as of right now, there's nobody negotiating for one. All right, we'll come back more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. The King, by the way, on the show today. A little bit later, we'll make our picks for the week. I don't know if Matt submitted picks or not. Normally, Matt's pretty diligent about submitting his picks. Of course, he's been out the rest of the week because of uh, John Paul being born earlier in the week, and everybody's doing well. I think they're home today. I believe they're home, which is great. But I don't know if Matt submitted his picks or not. Normally, he just has Luke, his oldest, submit the picks, and those are usually the best weeks Matt has. Luke does it by the colors of the uniforms. Okay, you're handing out parking tickets on the Colorado campus. And I, you know, and I don't know how Dion was parked, but it's a Lamborghini. Let's count on one hand how many Lamborghinis are on campus and whose car this might be. Like, how about maybe just a warning? They estimate he's brought in about 90 million in publicity since he's been there. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sponsored by Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. And yes, you need to stock up for that great tailgate. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And six great flavors of slushies. Pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. On what Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia. Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Doug in Wellsboro. 
Hello, Doug. It's so great to always hear from you. Same for you, Steve. Uh, how was the trip to Illinois? It was good. Uh, you know, it's we got in there, went out to dinner on Friday night, got up early the next day, got out of the hotel early the next day. <laughs> <laughs> how was the 11 uh, o'clock start? Ah, uh, that never bothers me. You know, I mean, in fact, none of that stuff bothers me, Doug. Not even remotely, because I mean, I've done this so long now. I've done a lot of 11 a.m. starts in basketball. I've done 10 a.m. starts. I've done midnight starts. I mean, I just go when they tell me to go. <laughs> so it never bothers me. It really doesn't. I don't really think twice about it. I have just a couple of questions about the game tomorrow. Um, sure. I was down their two leading running backs. They're down to their third-string guy. I guess more importantly, they lost their main tight end that they kind of built everything around. What do you prepare for now? Um, I was not going to change that much, but, I mean, who do you think is going to be their main guy? Well, okay, so let's start with the running back. LaShawn Williams, they were already rotating three guys anyway. And LaShawn Williams was part of that rotation. So he is going to be the primary guy, number four. He rushed for 145 yards last week against Western Michigan. That was his first career 100-yard rushing game. They then mixed in the two freshmen, Multan and Washington, in the fourth quarter. They got some reps in the game. I would expect uh, 28 and 8 to get some additional reps in the game tomorrow night. But it's mostly going to be four Williams. And he was already in the three-man rotation. So now let's flip it to tight end. Lachey's the leading receiver with 10 catches. But let's not forget who the other tight end happens to be. That's Eric All. And Eric All transferred into Iowa with Cade McNamara from Michigan. So that is a player that McNamara is extremely familiar with. They're pretty much on the same page to begin with. The question is going to be what they do with the other two tight ends that they like to play, because All was already playing out there with Lachey. But I would think that uh, All would be a primary guy. The other two tight ends, it's it's hard to predict as to, I mean, definitely one of them is going to play, if not both. And I would think that Reganey, 89, as always, would be a primary guy on the outside. Okay. I was trying to think back. Is you ever do you ever remember a contract or anything like that where like Brian Ferentz has to score twenty five points or more? Any clause like that, a performance base for college level? No, I've never heard um, of this kind of contract ever. Never have. Now it's interesting that Beth gets is the interim athletic director right now. She did not negotiate this contract with Brian Ferentz. Uh, Gary Barta did. But I've never heard of anything like this. I, I know when I've talked to the Iowa people, if Iowa's winning games, they're not going to care how many points he scores this year, as long as they're winning games. It's going to become an issue if Iowa's in that seven and six, maybe eight and five range, but definitely seven and six, where now it does become an issue if he doesn't get the you know, in the drive to three twenty five. Yeah. Um and I, but if they're winning, my understanding is if they're winning, as much as we have talked about it, 
and we've talked about mostly Doug for entertainment purposes. Uh, I do know that if now say they go out and they're a ten and two football team in the regular season, and they end up with three hundred and four points, he's going to retain his job. I just think, I mean, I take a little bit more serious that along with NIL and basically free agency in college football, is performance-based contract like the third leg, are we are we even moving more towards an NFL model, you know, NFL light, where there'll be performance things, you know, built into scholarships, you know, things like that, uh, uh, NIL money, it, it, things yeah, like that. Interesting, yeah, that's an interesting question. So let, let's start with the, with the Brian Ferentz part first, and then we'll get, I think you want, you're talking about players, right, Doug? Yes. Yeah. So let's start with Brian Ferentz first. If he were not Kirk's son, I don't think this contract would have come up. And I think that's a big reason why it's there, because of the fact that Brian is Kirk's son. All right. As for player performance, now you're talking contracts. And if you're talking contracts, then you're talking about salary based from the university itself and not from NIL. Uh, NIL is still more of a, um, uh, well, you know, obviously there's there's uh, the money that comes from the collectives, but that's never performance based. That's just you know retaining you based, right? And then of course it, it, with individual contracts like uh, Heisman House with Caleb uh, Williams. All right, that's up to them as to whether he's selling Nissan's for him or not. <laughs> uh, the deal, for example, that Nicholas Singleton has with Seven uh, Eleven is going to benefit Jan- Janet Weiss Children's Hospital at Geisinger. That's a charity that he's doing it with. Uh, there are 15 guys that were selected. He was one of the 15, and he picked Geisinger to be the one that, that would get the charity money from Seven Eleven. So what you're talking about would mean two things, Doug. One, it would mean they're getting paid directly by the university, which, two, makes them employees of the university, which, three, opens the door to unionship, uh, unionization. Right, and I know the Supreme Court basically, I mean, well, with the NIL part, they voted unanimously for that. So, um, well, Yeah, well, what they did was is that they didn't <laughs> – it's interesting. The Supreme Court said yes in the Alston case. The Alston case was based on materials that you can receive from the university toward your education, such as iPads, uh, you know, computers, laptops, things like that. It was in the opinion that was writ by, written by Brett Kavanaugh that said, hey, look, you better get your house in order in terms of athletes and payments and so forth, because if they bring a case here, you're going to find the same vote. It was more of a, and so everybody's like, "Well, we better do something now." And this is what they did. Uh, just a couple more things. Um, the Iowa punter is really good. How are they going to handle yeah. that? Ta- Taylor is really good, and it plays perfectly into how Kirk wants to play, because Kirk likes to play a three and three to three hour and twenty minute game of chess. He wants to be able to possess the ball. He wants every possession to end with a kick. Could be a Stevens field goal, could be a Stevens extra point, or a punt by Taylor. Taylor does a great job of flipping the field 
And and one that's an area that's so far, knock on wood, Caden Saunders has handled really well. Because to this point, I don't recall a single ball hitting the ground. He's either fielded it and run with it or fair caught it. So there's no, so to this point, there's no stage where the ball is hit the ground and kept rolling and crushed field position. And there's no point where the ball hit the ground and then kicked and hit a Penn State player, which would be a huge problem. But Taylor does a great job of flipping the field about 44 to 46 yards a punt, and it, he really is the perfect guy for how Kirk wants to play the game. I mean, we talked about this before, but I would like two guys back. I mean, but the coaches know more than I do. But, I mean, one guy catches the ball, the other guy blocks or keeps the guy off, you know, the gunner coming down at least to give him a chance to catch it. But the coaches obviously know more than I do. Illinois put two back last week. You notice that, Doug? Yeah. There was a a point. They didn't always do it, but they, they put two back last week. For the most part, here are the two punts that you're looking at from Taylor. One is straight catch, straight on punt. Okay. And you're already aligned anyway with where he is. The other possibility is he gets the ball and he rolls to his right, which eight, eight and a half times out of ten means the ball is going to the punter's right and the returner's left. So you you know if you've got a guy that can gauge that, that really helps. Doesn't mean he can't cross it. I mean I've seen it a couple times. We're like, oh okay, crossed it. Um, but yeah, I'm you know it's something Jack and I have talked about before, just as a safety back there. But there's also the possibility. You know, I know they're also thinking there's a possibility they can go out and block the darn thing, and that would you know, and that would be a big plus for them as well. Last thing, I'm really disappointed in you. What did I do wrong this time? It's a long with list, all the, With all the tenure and all the pool you have, I'm reviewing our basketball schedule for this year. Yeah. And all you could get me was two Saturday games at home again. First of all, there was one <laughs> Saturday game at home last year. Oh, thank you, Steve. You doubled so, it. So you can give me credit for doubling. <laughs> The basketball home schedule. Oh, geez. Uh, Doug, it's it, it's it's amazing. It's a TV show, as you know. I've talked about that how many times? It's a TV sure. show. And um, I, I was talking Where's to Pat Kraft. Sense? Yeah, I know, and I agree with you. You're 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 spot on. I you and I are in total agreement here. It's interesting that the Big Ten in football and men's basketball is revenue sharing. And Penn State loses money on revenue sharing in football. They gain a little bit in basketball, but the basketball revenue sharing, as Pat Kraft has said to me, he says, ah, it's more pennies on the dollar. I said, yeah, I understand that. You know, because I, I know what the floating scale happens to be. But you're going to get more people coming here on a Saturday. Now, the Palestra game was supposed to be Saturday. But they had to play it on Sunday because it's not Penn State's building. And the Ivy League made some switch where Penn needed the building on Saturday. So that's why the game is on Sunday. And that's a home game. And 
to me, you should be getting out of 10 games, I've always said three Saturdays should be a part of it because you need to have five during the week. I mean, out of your 10. Well, I can concede two Sundays and three Saturdays for the weekend games. Like, I mean, that's called common sense. They make right. scheduling out. To, they make scheduling out to be war planning at the Pentagon. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> like it's, you don't know how hard it is. Well, it's hard because you're not good at it. <laughs> well, we want to support the new coach, but yeah. I mean, for us, uh, you know how State College is from from out of the area, from down Harrisburg, York, from up here the, our way. Our Saturday game, a Saturday afternoon games, you know, pretty much our, our only option. We're not going to come down in the middle of the week, you know, for yeah. eight, nine o'clock games for, for TV. We're just not going to make it. Yeah, and you're spot on about that. That is the issue. Uh, we'll see what they want to do with, with the start times, because that's the other part we don't have. We don't have the start times. We don't have the start times. We don't have the networks. Now, fortunately... The one start time I needed, I got. <laughs> and that happened to be the uh, Texas A&M game, uh, which is on Thanksgiving. I sat there and said, geez, I hope that's a noon game. And we got it. It's a noon game. I'm like, all right, okay. Cool. Immediately called the travel agent. <laughs> I got a flight from Orlando to Detroit at 340. <laughs> So I can do football the next day. So that was all right. Well, so that was the one I needed, long. Doug. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> so, and I, I had. I mean, despite what you think, and I know you're kidding around. I still, with my pull, doubled the number of Saturday home games. Oh, well, thank you, Steve. You went from one to two. Thank you. Well, next year maybe I can get it from two to four. Tell the king I said hi. I'm his number one fan. <laughs> You know what? He's got a lot of fans. Well, he's the best part of the show. He he is an absolute riot. And and I'm going to give you the exact words that I used in the speech I had to make last week um, on the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, I had to record it. I said, in life, you can pick your spouse in life you can pick your friends you can pick your acquaintances you can pick the co-workers you want to be close to I said but you can't pick your brother and if I could pick one person on the face of the earth to be my brother it would be Kevin that's cool yeah that's because he is a cool he's a cool dude man he's a, he's a really one of the, he's coming to the UMass game so if you go to the UMass game you get a chance to meet him Oh, I might sure. well. I might do that. So. Yeah, he's okay. You, you guys would get along, Doug. Uh, before you go, how's Wellsboro doing? Uh, they're not good this year. We're down. We're down in numbers, and they're mostly uh, uh, they're mostly freshmen sophomores this year. The you team know to beat up. Ne- go ahead. The, the the team to beat up here this year is Troy. Troy. Canton had their Canton had their two year run. They made it, you know, to pretty far in states. Troy up here is the next one. They've got a group that's come through. Um, our population base is too small. Yeah. Once every five, six years, we'll have a, a group of seniors, you know, that can make it, do do a little bit. But right. we're all freshmen and sophomore this year. Mm, okay. So so you're like a year away then. All right. Yeah, year or two. 
Okay. You know, you know it's interesting. I did see before you go, uh, doing some reading on the plane going out to um, Illinois. High school football participation is up 7% since the pandemic. So after seeing these little declines, little declines, little declines, high school football participation has gone up nationally. That's really great. Doug, thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate the uh, conversation, as always. Same to you, Steve. We'll be listening to you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. Thanks. Bye. All right. We will take a break. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Big year from Doug and Wellsboro. You want to call in too? I'd love to talk with you. Had a great time talking with Doug. And the King will be at 235 today. The King, evidently, according to my information from my ace, Caleb, that uh, the King actually has Matt's predictions in hand. Along with a series of complaints. Some people are like that. Uh, Colorado, uh, not Colorado, I'm sorry, Clemson and Florida State are tomorrow. That's the lead game of the day. That's the noon game. That's the out-of-the-gate game. Yeah, Rutgers is playing Michigan. Oklahoma's playing Cincinnati. right? But the game that kicks everything into gear tomorrow is Florida State and Clemson. Should be very interesting in Death Valley. I'm going to talk about that in a couple of other games. Let me give you uh, just very quickly on Deion Sanders. Everybody talks about Deion. One of the keys for any coach is that you have to accentuate your strengths, but you also have to figure out a way to cover up your weaknesses. They're 3-0 because they've been able to do both right now. That's good coaching. I mean, if you can somehow mask your problems and come up with a way to do it, because, I mean, look, Colorado is a team that does have a couple of issues, despite the record. They'll probably be exposed tomorrow. Your home for news, AccuWeather, and sports. Celebrating 90 years of serving the Susquehanna Valley.